Welcome to another episode of the WAN Manager Podcast. I'm your host, Greg Bryan, and this is the show where we talk to networking experts about the data services that make business possible. So today, instead of digging into a particular topic, we're going to get a case study uh, detailing the network transformation of a multinational staffing agency. And for that, I'm pleased to welcome Ian Calderbank, Enterprise Network Architect at Page Group. Welcome, Ian. Oh, thank you, Greg. Uh, great, great for uh, to be involved in this. Yeah, thank, thanks. Thanks so much for doing this. Um, we've we've talked several times, so I've heard a lot of this stuff before. But I'm really excited to uh, di- get a deep dive and and let the audience know kind of a, a little bit about your journey. Um, before we do that, uh, I always like to start with just a quick rundown of, of your background and, and maybe how you ended up at Page Group. Uh, sure. Yeah. So I've been I've been a network guy of one sort or another all my all my career. Um, mm-hmm. I've worked at some uh, a service provider. I worked for a vendor. Um, prior to Page Group, I worked for a large bank for a, for a number of years. Um, so I I found my way into Page Group. Uh, amusingly, I, I I saw this job specification that said you know network architect for global company. And I was like, oh, I wonder who that's for. But of course, when it's advertised by a recruitment uh, organization, <laughs> yeah, you, yeah, you, you, you think this. it's for yeah. someone else, but it was actually right. for the it was actually for Page Group itself. Yeah. Yes. yeah. <laughs> That's like being yeah. an HR at an HR outsourcing company, right? <laughs> exactly. Yes. Yeah, but yeah. I, 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 I fancied the challenge of uh, of, a, of a global uh, size network to mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. to get my hands on. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, I find it really interesting. A lot of the WAN managers that I talk to that have been kind of the earlier adopters, um, sort of, uh, um, you know, diving into these new technologies come from yeah. the telco or the vendor side first, and they haven't yeah. just been in, in corporate IT. So you understand the telecom world a little better. So I reckon that that gives you a leg up and perhaps, you know. So. Uh, absolutely. And when, when, when I was working for the bank, it was when I, when I joined, it was kind of a, a very old school campus routing design, mm-hmm. right? Right. Uh, but exactly. when I when I when I when I left, it looked like a service provider. Right. Um, right. There you go. Because yeah. it, it, it was it was a very big network, so it needed to be built like a service you, you provider. You turned right? the LAN into a WAN. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. So so let's let's get to your your network setup here. Um, mm-hmm. uh, I imagine with a staffing agency, um, uh, you have mostly knowledge workers, and you've got a lot of kind of central business district office uh, space. Is that an enviable enviable position uh, for a WAN manager to be in compared to some other? It, it is. It is in some respects. So yeah. we, you know, we don't have to worry about getting circuits into you know factories that might be, right. you know, up, 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 up in somewhere difficult to get to or or anywhere offshore or, or, any, or you were or at a bank like before that. connecting, uh, you know, ten thousand ATMs yeah. or whatever, right? So, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. The the high street kind of locations. We mm-hmm. we don't have to worry about those kind of things. We're all we are like ninety nine percent. Uh, you know, central business district offices mm-hmm. uh, in you know in the major cities of the world. Uh, we're in something like 150 cities worldwide, and it's it's the you know you draw the top list of the top 150 yeah. cities in the world. That's that's pretty much it. I I love that's, getting companies like you as yeah. as clients because mm. that's where we collect all of our good data, right? <laughs> so, mm. Yeah, yeah. So uh, there are there special challenges though that kind of stem from the line of business, like. Yeah, so because of the the nature of the recruitment uh, business, it it's very closely tracks the behavior of um, uh, the the economy in any particular country. Mm-hmm. Um, so we we can be very quickly upsizing or downsizing, um, and you know the the regional manager within say France, he, he might have I don't know maybe five five of the cities in France have got. Uh, uh, proper offices and then there might be a sixth one that he says um 
you know what we're doing lots of business there so i, I want two guys working out of there mm-hmm. uh, in in three weeks in three weeks wow yeah uh, yeah uh, um and, and because they're knowledge workers they can do that right, right. they just pick up their laptops yeah. and go yeah but we need to provide them with network so right. sometimes the de- demands of of time to be to get corporate network working are um extremely short they can they can lease space a lot easier than they can get, yeah can exactly <laughs> yeah yeah you yeah. exactly you, you can you know the, this day and age you can go and lease lease from a, any kind of rented office type facility very very quickly um but yeah the connectivity is um or at least it was with the traditional model much right. uh, much slower to provide um so that was one of the big challenges that we found uh when we were uh, uh, so the the prior to the network transformation mm-hmm. our, our network was uh um, 100% provided by uh, one of the big international telcos um, we with a global MPLS network. Yeah, that, that, that cues me up perfectly to, to get a picture of what, <laughs> of what your network was before. So you had, you had MPLS from, from a single global uh, provider. Did you have local Absolutely. internet breakouts at that time? Or, uh... Uh, generally speaking, no. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you if you like, there's a few versions of this trans iterations, if you like, of this mm-hmm. transformation. So so the initial was 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 no local breakouts. Uh, we we had some regional breakouts that were provo- uh, delivered by that service provider. You know, they mm-hmm. had fi- the typical model with a firewall on the edge of our uh, of our MPLS cloud pointing to the internet through through one of their data centers. Mm-hmm. We we had um, a, a couple of regions where. Well, one particular region where the the uh, there was a slight you know there was a slight political situation which meant they kind of did their own uh, thing somewhat. Yeah, so they, they gotcha. yeah so they they put in a little bit of their own local internet breakout, mm-hmm. uh, but largely it was it was it was centralized through the uh, through the global service provider. Interesting. And so and then with with this line of business, I'm assuming that uh, a, a lot of your data are pretty pretty straightforward from a data management perspective. It's contact lists and stuff like that right so were you were you uh on premise with all, all those data did you have a lot of yeah your own so we, 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 and stuff like that or yeah so the the, the the there's an on-premise uh recruitment management uh platform which is um uh, apparently the the amount of data that's in it is is enormous i'm sure um, i yeah i don't i don't work with it myself but right, the guys right. who do uh, spend spend a huge amount of time on it you know we have uh, a group of people who just look after the data in the yeah. system right um uh, but that was run with a an on-premise, you know, custom application uh, that mm-hmm. was just customized to, to to run recruitment databases. Right. Um, we had multiple instances of databases, uh, one for each country. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, and those were hosted. So, for example, there's a data center in Paris that was running uh, recruitment databases for you know France, Spain, Germany, Netherlands, Belgium, gotcha. Italy, Greece. You know, you name it. Lots and lots of instances of the same thing. So your MPLS is doing a, a lot of sort of uh, uh, virtual hub and spoke work, anyway, right? So, uh, yeah. pre- precisely, yeah. yes, yes. Um, so that was that was kind of how it was, um, and then we um, we we started a number of migrations, uh, kind of in parallel of, of, mm-hmm. of the different layers of the stack. So I mean, the you know to some of the easier ones, the you know the productivity the you know the outlook etc right right uh, that that started migration towards uh, um, uh, office 365 mm-hmm. but of course as soon as you've gone that all that traffic volume that was going to um, 
uh, exchange farms within your on-prem data center is now going out through your internet breakout. So you now right. look at your internet breakout and go, that's a bit small. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. It's <laughs> small, but probably the paths don't make sense because you didn't design those with, with uh, 036 Azure instances in mind, right? Yeah. So Yeah, yeah. yeah it's, in the, it's, it's in the wrong place. Mm -hmm. So we, uh, we, we went through an exercise of building uh, a set of uh, uh, our own hubs uh, which we, we used Equinix facilities to do. So those would have a tail into the MPLS network and then a, a breakout to the internet that we would uh, run ourselves. And then also a, um, uh, a Microsoft uh, peering mm -hmm. gotcha. to, give, to give us the, uh, to give us the Microsoft connectivity as uh, efficient, efficiently as possible through, but, but still pulling it into the MPLS network, right. but using the Microsoft, the Microsoft public peering uh, as, as, as it was called a few years ago right. to, to bring in, bring in that, uh, that connectivity. All right. So that's the productivity stuff. Are, are, are yeah. the, the data still mm. on premises yeah. or have you moved those onto a cloud platform? That's also moving out as well. So mm -hmm. uh, yeah, an another strand of the, uh, another layer of the transformation, if you like, has been on the, uh, the, uh, the, um, the technology that manages our, our customers, you know, our, right, our, right. our recruitment, our recruitment candidates and the, and the enterprises that to uh, the, the organizations that we recruit for. Mm -hmm. So there's been a, a major project project called customer connect within, uh, within, within page group, which mm -hmm. has been all about, um, transforming towards a, a SaaS right. uh, uh, customer management platform. So we, we're using one of the well-known uh, SaaS uh, platforms for that. Now we're, we're, Somewhere around sixty percent migrated from on-prem okay. to uh, okay. To, so, to but that's solution. that's enough to have a massive impact on the network, right? So, <laughs> absolutely. So let's yes. Get, yeah. Let's get into that that part of the transformation. Yes. Um, so, you, you have this MPLS, you have these centralized breakouts, you have to make them match. Uh, now, a new cloud geography. Um, mm. wh what was your starting point? Are, were were you starting with limiting MPLS? Starting with uh, adding local breakouts? So, uh, how did that process go? Yeah, so we, we, we started with um, uh, bringing up uh, still, shall we say, regionally centralized uh, internet right, breakouts right. that we managed ourselves. So we'd have two two in Europe, two three in Asia, two two in the Americas, mm -hmm. um, which would still fit with the topology of the OPLS network. Would it be under our own control so we could make sure we had enough bandwidth? Mm -hmm. um, and that was kind of that was kind of a step one. Um, we, uh, step two was we had a number of locations where we started to put in a, uh, a, a pre SD WAN, uh, hybrid, shall we say MPLS and internet mm -hmm. type, uh, approach The sort of, you know, what one leg of MPLS and one leg of internet that was right. kind of talked about as the, as the hybrid network designer a number mm -hmm. of years ago, um, using uh, DMVPN type, uh, mm -hmm. technology. But with the, with the understanding that you're going to be rolling out SD-WAN yeah. there eventually. And so then you can go to exactly. those links. Yeah. Okay, gotcha. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Kind of kind of working working that way as this kind of almost as a tactical approach. Mm -hmm. um, so I'd, I'd been, I'd had done some work at previous organizations where we did DMVPN in a, in a, in a big way mm -hmm. because that's what, that was all there was 10 years ago. Right, But right. Um, uh, DMVPN was a more of a tactical thing for us because we hadn't made our decision about SD-WAN vendor yet. Right, right. But you wanted those local breakouts and so, you, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the, we we were forced in the in a, you know back to that three weeks thing and the off the guy wants a new office right. in a new city. We 
we had a couple of places where that happened to us and we were like, well, we're just going to have to put a VPN roof on the end <laughs> yeah. of that because it's the only way we can do it. Yeah, well, certainly a lot easier to get uh, spin, uh, you know, turn on a uh, an internet circuit in three weeks than it is to get MPLS extended, right? So, yeah, yeah. Absolutely, yes, yeah. yes. And so uh, as you're going through this transformation, how are you thinking through it um, in terms of the rolling process? Is that... I, I'm assuming maybe you don't go the site type route like a lot of the folks I talk to where they have very discrete different site types like factories, points of sale. You have a lot of offices, no. right? So you do they're all they're, they're, yeah. Yeah. yeah, they're all they're, offices. They're just they're just different size. So we, right. we kind of chop them up into different sizes depending on how important they were and how much mm-hmm. money we were prepared to spend on them. But, but yeah, fundamentally, they're all two-edge routers and a, right. and a appropriate number of switches be- behind and, them. And mostly the same apps and everything at the at the sites. Yeah. And yeah, yeah, right, yeah. Right, yeah. So. yeah. We're, basically, our offices we only really have two categories of you know we only have knowledge workers. That's all. Mm-hmm. That's all that we do. And we only have really have two categories of workers. We have front office workers, which is roughly eighty percent of the business, right? Which is the, pe- the, the people who yeah. the recruiters exactly. Mm-hmm. And then the other twenty percent is all the rest. You yeah. people yeah. like me, yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. <laughs> people me, fi- you know, yeah. finance, whatever. <laughs> yeah. And did you do this rolling? So based on based on office size, but uh, did you do this also by geography? Did you start in a particular region? Like- yeah. So we had. Uh, um, we we decided to chop it up uh, by by regions, mainly because we'd 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 come to the view. So just to track track back a little bit, we come, considered a number of different ways of executing the transformation. Mm-hmm. So one way that we talked thought about was um, to just put the SD WAN overlay in, but based on the existing MPLS underlay, right, and use that to. Um, better manage the bandwidth that we had mm-hmm. and also to be able to more logically enable local internet breakout in those handful of locations where we where we could now just a follow-up um, question on that real quick so did did you at that time have active active mpls links uh no we had active standby okay gotcha so so yeah. uh, so in a way, SD WAN can't really be its full self without without exactly. an active active yeah. link, right? So yeah, yeah. So we could have gone to active active with with MPLS, and that's one of the options that we considered. But commercially, that would have cost us because I mean, yeah. our second <laughs> our secondaries were on a pricing solution yeah. that was um, reduced half because price they were or whatever, yeah, half whatever. Yeah. I can't remember what the numbers yeah. were, but certainly mm-hmm. reduced. Um, uh, this, the second option that we considered was this was this hybrid. So keep keep one MPLS link mm-hmm. and uh, bring in a, a, a DIA an DIA or an internet as the as, as the second link. Um, and that that I was quite a strong candidate for quite quite some time. Mm-hmm. Um, things moved on, you know, perhaps particular to page groups circumstances in that the contracted term with the MPLS provider came to its end ah, that was lucky so <laughs> yeah the, the yeah. timing was almost yeah. perfect on there so you know they'd signed up four years before and mm-hmm. that that time had run out so we were now on to the rolling extension sort of period so we were we were free to move should we choose to do so mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um and you know obviously we did pricing comparisons and there was there was a ton of money to be saved yeah uh based on what we were paying for the mpls versus what we could get it for by um uh, transitioning to a, 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 a DAA based underlay, mm-hmm. um, even with paying for some SD WAN overlay and, 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 right. and services over the top. So you're doing dual DIA, not uh, DAA broadband kind of mix for the most part. Co- uh, co- correct. Yes. So that that was the other thing is that the that sort of MPLS internet hybrid approach 
had some favor within the organization at the time because of the perception that internet would be poorer quality. Spotty, right. Mm -hmm. So we had to keep an M so the perception at the time was we'd have to keep an MPLS for, you know, rock solid, mm -hmm. uh, voice uh, yeah, and, right. uh, and and the business critical uh, application in the in the data center being the being the recruitment system mm -hmm. but then you know the voice connectivity has moved to teams or zoom or exactly. whatever else it yeah. might be yeah, yeah the, the 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 cisco telephony kind of doesn't get used very much anymore mm -hmm. um the recruitment thing is 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 moving to a to to a saas platform and then uh, you know the kind of the, the the icing on the cake was that once we started talking to uh, we we aimed quite high in terms of providers that we that we talked to. We we didn't talk to mom and pop ISPs or right. or single country ISPs. We mm -hmm. we talked to the big guys, mm -hmm. um, and because that's my background, I was completely comfortable. Yeah, walking you know in the, the room. You know with, the players. You yeah. you know what their yeah. backbones look like a little better. Exactly. Right? You know what I mean? yeah. So the yeah. mom and pop ISPs yeah. are are dumping your traffic the minute it leaves your office, basically, right? So yeah, 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 exactly. So we're. We, we went through a period of talking through to the big guys and saying, where is, where have you got good network? Where is it a bit thin? Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. How many pops have you got? Where are they? Um, do you own them? Or is this a reseller type right, arrangement right. That, we're, that we're talking about? So we, we were able to zoom in on a fairly small number of providers who would be able to give us really high quality DIA mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, that would be basically be MPLS grade because it's on the same backbone as their MPLS yeah. service. Yeah, I hear that a lot, that, that if, you, if you're mm. in the position to, to get a pretty direct connection to tier one providers, which again, mm. that, that's what makes your sort of role here enviable in that being in the CBD of major metros, mm. all of your buildings are going to be on net for some tier one of, you know, providers, yeah. you know, so yeah. That makes a big difference. Yes. That that makes that whole yeah. calculus a lot easier, especially because then yeah. I, I talked to some folks who are in a position where, oh, if I'm looking at DIA, by the time I get this long access line, I'm reaching MPLS costs, right? Because yeah. I'm yeah. often touting this, okay, M, you know, I hear a lot of folks saying, oh, but MPLS and DIA are, are similar in price now. And that's true in some some situations, but not in the kind yeah. of situation that you're in. There's going to be a pretty big delta, yeah. you know. So absolutely, yeah. there was there was a, there was a huge difference. Yeah, yeah. And we were um, we, we we chose to do it regionally because we you know once I, I think the procurement guys were still hopeful that we could pick one one global. Mm, right. To make their lives easier, yeah. But from our one contract, it won't throw it to choke that old, yeah. that old, that old story. Yeah. But you know, as a as a network architect, once I looked at it, uh, and I was like, well, these guys have got a really good network in Asia, mm -hmm. but not very good in Americas yeah. or Europe. So mm -hmm. I want to use those guys for Asia. By all means, give them lots of business in Asia, but. For right. Europe and Americas, we're good. we need somebody else. Yeah. So we were we were we were able to kind of pick you know the best of breed approach is mm -hmm. what you mm -hmm. what, what you would the way you'd refer to it. Yeah, that's that's another age old story. Is there's no truly mm. global providers. It's a little bit more mm. true in MPLS than it is in DIA, but even still, mm. you know, so yeah. But but even so, you know they they might have you know as an MPLS provider they might have you know one or two pops in some mm. of the some of the bigger countries, whereas. Right. The guy who's a proper regional player might have five in that same country. Yeah, exactly. And that that gives you the short access lines that you mm -hmm. that you're talking about. Yeah. Because we, you know, it saves you money and it also increases your reliability. Because the the longer yeah. the piece of string, the more things that can make yeah. holes in it. The, I, I'm going to have to save that quote. I like that one. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> you can picture, you know, you as a, the kid with the uh, the can and the mm. and the string between it, right? It's like, mm. yeah, that, that's going to that that only works over short distances, mm. right? So, yeah. 
Yeah, you know, we hear, you know, yeah. I, I get some of the email reports of, you know, things that have got broken on the operational network. And, you right. know, you do still hear tales of, you know, subway construction. Yeah. You know, somebody somebody put a put a a, a spade through a a fiber line. Well, not yeah. a spade, you know, a digging digging machine yeah. or whatever. Yeah. But it, it 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 there was one of those last week. It still it still happens. So the the shorter you can make your lines, the better the better protected you are. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and 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 therein lies one of the difficulties with going to the sort of single city ISP situation mm. is is that uh, th- these kinds of breaks are inevitable. And you're going to have perhaps an easier time getting it squared away when when th- th- there's a, a more centralized uh, you know uh, trouble ticket to, to run than trying to figure yeah, out yeah. how to find that ISP across your dozens of ISPs or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So speaking of those kinds of difficulties, I, I often in, in conversations like this like to ask about particularly difficult geographies. But let's face it, mm. when I ask that, there's this pretty uh, um, predictable list that comes up. <laughs> right. So, mm, so yeah. I, su- I think we're going to be talking about China here. Uh, what, you have some, some China offices. How, how did that play into to all of this, right? Yeah, so that was by far our most difficult region to, to, to get working. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was unfortunately one we had to get done fairly early on for, for various you know reasons of uh, software migrations and such, but also right. because... There was a huge amount of money to be saved with China. The MPLS links into China were just orders of magnitude more than um, uh, so the, the, for the same amount of bandwidth around the rest mm-hmm. of the world. So the you know the business case for the um, for getting those done was just was just enormous. But I mean, obviously, everybody knows about the Great Firewall. We right. we spent a lot of time researching that, talking to different. Uh, 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 market advisors taking legal advice, um, getting different technical opinions as to uh, as to how we might solve it, mm-hmm. and we we ended up uh, going for a if you like the the hybrid network design that I talked about previously. Right. So with an MPLS link and an internet link mm-hmm. in China, we de- we decided that we would do that, right? Um, because we didn't not didn't have confidence that the Chinese domestic internet links would be. Um, uh, Good enough, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we wanted we wanted to have a Chinese domestic internet link so that our mm. end users could have access to ch- Chinese domestic websites. Because right. before, when they were trying to access those, they'd be going out through Hong Kong and back in again, and it would yeah. be very very slow. Yeah. Whereas now yeah. we they they have that and it works much better. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. for you know tr- transport to you know, the SaaS services. Um, then we wanted the reliability of MPLS to right. be able to be absolutely sure that those worked. Um, e- e- even though we procured our uh, China internet in a, you know, a, towards the premium end of the market from, mm. you know, from from D- through through DIA type services, right. we was we, we even those we still do see you know bits of packet loss and those kind of things that we that we don't see on the on the, on the DIAs around the rest of the world. Right. So be- because of that hybrid approach and because you've kind of got this design where the you know chinese domestic internet is left and rest of the world is right Um, (laughs) in terms of your in terms of your routing decision you you need something that can make that decision and we um we 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 elected to use the sd-wan technology to to do that left or right decision Mm -hmm. and that was pretty hard work from an implementation point of view not a simple policy but it's figuring out how the destinations actually look to the to the device yeah 
yeah. exactly and it's it's not as simple as you know star.cn go this way and everything else right. go that way it, it, right. it, it was it's it, it might look like that if you draw a high level diagram but yeah. when you get down into implementation it's it's pretty pretty hard to get right so that's, yeah especially uh, since that you know in time. the in the end no one is really yeah obviously everyone's operating in china but no one's really <laughs> natively operating in china the way that they do elsewhere and so it, yeah it, exactly yeah, yeah, yeah. And you have some sites that are multi-homed, so mm -hmm. they've got an instance in China and an instance in Hong Kong, so you have to make sure you're hitting the right one. Um, it gets, yeah, it got pretty complicated. It was definitely the, the the most complex region to get working. Yeah. We were having to use some fairly leading edge code from the SD-WAN vendor as well in terms of mm -hmm. uh, the way that they structured their regionalization of their uh, of the overlay topology. Right. A few, right. Well, a few niggles yeah. with that as well. That, that cues me up perfectly. Uh, let's let's talk a bit <laughs> more about about the overlay itself. You know, first, uh, I'm guessing with 150 global sites, you were able to just kind of go with uh, the, the same overlay provider everywhere. H how did Correct, you choose yes. overlay providers? What was what was the, the the sort of key thinking that went into that? Um, mm. So we again, we spent quite a lot of time looking at the different uh, te technology players. Mm -hmm. um, and analyzing what their capabilities were, we we were keen on um, the, the the flexibility and the and the agility aspects. Mm -hmm. um, keen on having a, a really nice um, front end that would give us a you know a good good overview of the of the topologies, um, the uh, the error correction and all that kind of tech mm -hmm. of uh, code. We we viewed that as being very very important. Mm -hmm. um, so there is there are some vendors who are, you know were a bit late to the party on that. Uh, I right. remember a discussion with with one of them, and they said, "Oh yeah, within our organization, if you mention error correction, you start a religious war because half <laughs> of the organization <laughs> believes in it and the other one doesn't." I was right. like, "Well, I don't <laughs> want to talk to you then." Um, yeah, especially. I mean, that that seems like one of the sort of sine qua nons of SD WAN. If you're, it, it, you know it is, I mean? yeah, yeah. yeah. So. I mean, even even though you're going to the effort of procuring the best internet transport that you can, mm -hmm. you know, what? Why not? have have error right. correction at, yeah, at, exactly. at the overlay layer i mean it's it's just it's there let's use it it's it's such a great idea especially if you're ditching mpls from from your underlay entirely right so when you're getting rid of any class of service capability yeah you know even so i if, if i could have it on mpls i'd right. have it on an mpls yeah, because absolutely. you know a, 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 any link could you know sneak in 0.2 percent uh, packet loss or something right. and you, you'll you might notice that with a few things but if you just have an, an overlay that does error correction the end users don't notice. Yeah. And, then, yeah, exactly. and then the network yeah. engineers can get on with sorting that uh, problem out in their own time rather than right. in, uh, in, in, right. in, in panic mode mm -hmm. because you've got to, you know, because they've got complaining end users. Mm -hmm. um, and so that narrowed one, it down. Did, did geography play any role like China? Did, or uh, is that something the uh, overlay doesn't have to think about as much, really? Yeah, yeah I mean, we, we were given different overlay uh, options for China. You know, mm -hmm. some people said they could, they thought they could tunnel it through the Great Firewall and those kind of things. But we'd mm -hmm. already decided that we didn't want to right. place a bet on that working. We wanted to have our own uh own solution. Um, other things that perhaps mattered was some of the, some of the uh, SD-WAN technologies. I, I'm sure you know, you know, focus on integrated uh, security services mm -hmm. as as part of the SD-WAN platform. Right. Uh, whereas we had uh, actually, I forgot to mention this uh, before, but we had as as part of that breakout transition that I was talking about, we'd already transitioned to a. Uh, a cloud internet service, ah, uh, internet right. security right. provider. Because you had been centralized breakouts, all of a sudden you need a new solution, you know. 
Exactly. Yeah. So we'd gone away from breakouts with centralized firewalls, and we'd gone to you know a pure uh, cloud-based um, internet security solution. So mm-hmm. we we already had that. So right. we we didn't need that from our SD WAN. We just needed our SD WAN to integrate with it. Right. Um, right. Ah, so that's I mean that's a good narrowing tool because I I I have set up a little tool that we created actually that like mm. partners uh it's mm. a click list and you partner security providers mm. with an, an sd-wan provider whether you want it managed or whatever and if you for example select zscaler then there's you know a pretty yeah. small list it yeah. narrows the list down the, considerably a certain yeah. list that work that, yeah. it, that it works well with yes yeah. exactly mm-hmm. yeah and perhaps the other thing that we we discounted was uh these the sort of network as a service type players Mm-hmm. Um, where you, you, the SD WAN and the middle mile network are, are, are part of the same part of right. the service, part of the solution. Right. Um, whereas I was like, well, I want to know what the underlay is, and I want right. to choose that myself. Yeah, if you're so, going with a tier one DIA provider, yeah. that's a lot less of yeah. a concern than if you're just going yeah. sort of broadband from whatever ISP, perhaps. You know. Mm-hmm. And and is a hardware solution at every site as well um, for the SD WAN? It, it is, yes. Mm-hmm. Um, we've that's worked well for most locations. There's, mm-hmm. there's been one or two places which have been a little bit difficult from a, an import and customs point of view, right. where it's been hard to get hardware into into country. Yeah. Um, yeah. We we have thought about going down the the virtual type uh, approach, mm-hmm. um, yeah, but that's that has its own headaches, and that you've got to you know you've got to get the hypervisor appliance to site, and somebody's got to boot that up and, and manage right. it for you. Right. Um, you know, perhaps as part of a managed service from a telco, that would make more sense. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know, we decided we discounted again a managed service from telco as a, as an option because we um, you know we wanted to keep the keys ourselves, if you like. Yeah. Yeah. So the, you know, all manner of telcos were coming to us and saying, "Yeah, we can build you an SD WAN service." And yeah, I'm sure you can, but I don't want to buy it. Sorry. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Certainly. Well, and if you have if if you have the knowledge and expertise on hand, then you can one save money and two have mm. better control over all those kind of routing decisions and everything. Right. So yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so with the hardware solution, though, how did that work into remote work? Um, do, do you have everybody remote working into a sort of um, a hardware solution at an office via IPsec? What's what's the deal there? No. So the, the, the this is the interesting thing that's kind of just happened. Well, not just happened in the, in the right. last year and a half with, mm-hmm. with COVID, you know. The office is just emptied, you know. Right. Uh, those those people who had had laptops were used to working at home already, and those people mm-hmm. who didn't have laptops would put a desktop on, under their arm and uh, take <laughs> yeah. it home with them on the train. A long, a long subway ride home that day. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, that yeah. happened to many, many people because yeah. um, we we weren't a fully laptop organization at that mm-hmm. at that point, right. uh, and we're and we're still not. Mm-hmm. Um, the The interesting thing is that those people would just plug those devices into their home internet and just work. Yeah, gotcha. because so so it actually almost questions why do we need a corporate network at all? And that's probably going to be the next thing that we start wrestling you're, with in the next the couple of years. Is to say that that yeah exactly like is the does the WAN devolve? Yeah, yeah. They, they've got they've got um you know they've got Office three six five. They've got the recruitment application on a right. SaaS platform. Um, they've got Teams for their uh, for all their you know uh, mm-hmm. comms. Mm-hmm. Um. So it's like, well, what exactly is the corporate network for? Um, you know, right. uh, uh, until a month or two ago, I would have said, well, we at least need it to hold the Active Directory together. Right. Um, 
but there, uh, I'm not the expert on this, but there's, you know, new Azure Active Directory technologies that yeah. I believe work fine over the internet as yeah. well. Mm -hmm. So you're sort of thinking, well, maybe we don't even need to be able to reach domain controllers anymore. So yeah. um, once once our last on-premises data center is empty, which it isn't mm -hmm. yet, it's still mm -hmm. quite a lot mm -hmm. of stuff in the on-prem data center right. uh, in, in Europe, then we'll, the, the case for, you know, getting rid of the whole thing suddenly becomes becomes a possibility yeah so yeah when when people are working at home um yeah some of them some of them would use an, an ipsec vpn but that was mainly um limited to uh it staff mm -hmm. um but the the most common solution would was actually citrix because we're, we're a, a mm -hmm. legacy citrix uh, gotcha. shop gotcha. Um, so they would they would Citrix into the data center if there was something that they needed to get to that uh, yeah that, and otherwise like it's that. all SaaS uh, that would just yeah. going over the internet anyway right so then then ultimately then then the only concern ends up being their broadband connections but I've I've talked to so many people yeah. over the past year and a half who said you know all these uh, residential especially in your case where you have you know mostly like knowledge workers these are upper middle class mm. people for the most part right mm. living in a place where mm. where ISPs have built out networks that can handle Netflix every mm. night right and that that's more than adequate exactly. yeah so that's really interesting and and um, mm. it makes me think a lot about uh, what the what the WAN manager podcast will be talking about five years from now? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I, I was I was thinking about this and, and chatting to about it with a colleague the other day. But you know, if we're still going to have office buildings, mm -hmm. they're still going to need high speed quality internet right. connectivity. Absolutely, and you still need something to put on the end of that to manage it. Mm -hmm. So you 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 know you need an enterprise class WAN device to right. put on the end of that right. link. So if that device understands all this SD WAN stuff as well, well great you, you're kind of back way back mm -hmm. where you were really it's just that the the connectivity to that corporate uh side of the of the, of the network is, is is dwindling to nothing or, or not yet not yet but i'd say right, you know two three years you can you yeah. can see that horizon and and obviously this is this is very specific to certain lines of business that have mostly mm. workers yeah, of course staring at a laptop yeah. all day right yeah, absolutely yeah if you've got yeah. any kind of plan of yeah. or industrial or anything like that then the yeah, comments do not apply mm. absolutely and you know uh iot is with 5G slicing and all that, mm. I mean, there's lots of really cool mm. stuff that's going to pop up in, in the retail world and points of sale and, and that sort of thing that will certainly keep the mm. WAN business going in that end. But uh, yeah, for a lot of, uh, you know, internet uh, uh, sort of um, uh, native companies, I, I think, you know, I mean, Teledriver is a small business, right? We we don't mm. have a WAN, right? We, we're, yeah. we're a Google yeah. shop. We, all, all that yeah. I have to be able to do is get into my, you know, Google account and that's all there is to it, right? So. And in all of these, all of the, you know, it's funny the the shortest lived uh, product that I ever had at Telegeography uh, data product was my SIP trunk pricing because, you know, the, the <laughs> SIP trunk, SIP trunk emerged for like this brief period. And then by the time it, it was like a solid product, everyone had moved on to an internet based kind of mm. UCAS solution anyway. Right. So, mm. yeah. So, yes. you know, um, well, actually I was just, yeah, that's a good point. Actually. I mean, we do still have a couple of SIP trunks, so that, mm. that could be one of the last man standing in terms of the uh, corporate WAN. Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. So let's let's talk about bandwidth. Um, you know, mm. given that you went to dual DIA, you had been mm. on more expensive mm. MPLS links. Did did your bandwidth uh, per office kind of increase considerably? Yeah, it, 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 in some places it did. In some mm. places it was just a right sizing mm. exercise. I mean, mm. what we found when we did the survey of the MPLS estate 
was that it was all over the place. Right. There were right. partly as a function of you know regionally based decisions that had been taken. You know, one particular region might have been underperforming as a business, and therefore they would economize on their link mm-hmm. sizes. Mm-hmm. Another region was either doing really well or bandwidth was cheap for them. Right. So they might have a gig link into a hundred person office. Right. And we're right. looking at that and going. They don't need that. Yeah, they, yeah. they you know they they never they right. never even vaguely use that amount of bandwidth. But it, they'd had the odd. It, it was sort of a situation where there'd been you know complaints from end users to one WAN manager. Add a bit more bandwidth, mm-hmm. then he leaves. Somebody else comes in, more complaints. Oh, I'll add some more bandwidth, and before right. you know, you've got you've got way more than you actually really need. Mm-hmm. Um, so we we took quite a you know a rational right sizing approach of saying right, well, we think this is how much we need, but actually we can get twice that for still. Right. You know, five times five times less money than what we're paying, mm-hmm. and we're going to try and do this globally so that everybody gets the same experience, right. rather than making the people in um, certain countries feel badly off because they've um, got you know poor poor bandwidth allocation because yeah. of you know the, the the reasons of where they are. Still, it's worth worth pointing out that that's uh, mm. you know what you you make it sound so easy. That's still a pretty complicated mm. exercise because. Yeah. That, that that cost per per bit is pretty different across all of these uh, sites, right? I mean, Western Europe, Absolutely. North America, pretty flat. Everywhere else, it's it's really variable. So you have to you had, you had a lot of work to, to do there, I think. Absolutely, you you you, yeah. you change from being a, a network designer to a, someone who has to build a massive spreadsheet to right exactly. to work it to work it yeah. out. Yes. The likes of which are what I look at every day. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Also, to th- thinking about sort of those those local internet breakouts, um, did you also was was it under your team under sort of the WAN IT infrastructure team, um, or was it totally in the hands of the cloud folks to dis- to determine where your you were going to put your on ramps, where you were going to put your your uh, data in, say, Equinix facilities, like you mentioned? Did you have a say in that, or was was that were those decisions made by the data center kind of team? Well, yeah, a, li- a little bit of both, really. So the mm-hmm. the, um, the, uh, the the migration from data center to uh, infrastructure as a service was 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 done by the data center team. So mm-hmm. they mm-hmm. they said, well, we're we're going to use these regions from from you know X Y Z cloud provider, um, but those mapped reasonably well to. Equinix facilities for mm-hmm. you know the obvious reasons because that's where yeah. everybody puts the, yeah. yes, puts the yes. wires in. That works out well, especially for people in major metros, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So we said, well, actually, we're just going to put our network network hubs into those same uh, mm-hmm. into those same Equinix facilities. It was a it was a mutually agreeable decision, if you right. like. Right. Yeah. Well, that that makes it uh, cer- certainly nice and easy uh, for folks who have that luxury. Again, you know, so, mm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but, but in terms of on ramps for the uh, the you know the the secure the security provider, mm-hmm. um, so we uh, have you know when we were just using the central breakouts, we were only touching a couple of their data centers, right. but now we're pretty much touching all of them. Mm-hmm. So we don't have to do much more careful planning of making sure we're hitting the right one. Right. Um, right. The you know the integration APIs uh, between the the SD WAN and the and the cloud provider security provider they don't always give the right answer. Ah, um, interesting. Yeah. It, it, it's it, it's it's simple Google Maps. 
Yeah. It's straight line distance on Google Maps is all it, that's all it does. Yeah. Um, yeah. whereas obviously we all know that's not the right yeah, answer that is in networks. Not how the data actually travels. I mean, uh, that is yeah. that's what's behind me, right? Is you know yeah, exactly. the, the yeah. submarine cables, you know, I, 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 how many times I've heard someone say, you know, we realized that our our office in Mumbai was actually going from Marseille to Singapore and back to Chennai and you know whatever. You know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, so we you know, it, it, this is what, you know, in terms of, you know, future stuff, it, we, we've asked the providers if they, you know, could maybe include some, uh, some dynamic measurement mm -hmm. at the, at the time to actually right. work out right. which one's the best rather than just looking at the map. Um, so that, you know, that was a, that was a bit of an on-ramp question that we had there. And, mm -hmm. and, um, and some of the countries, maybe they've got more, more pops, some they've got less. So there's a certain amount of feedback to them to say, right. you know, build another pop there, please. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Mm -hmm. Just out of curiosity, since we're kind of on that yeah. topic, did you, did you uh, get a, a monitoring kind of tool as a part of this process, or is that on the, the horizon? So that is on the horizon. So we we had uh, we had a little bit of look at some of those tools before we we did the SD WAN research, mm -hmm. and of course those vendors were still all all over us, and we we sort of said right. to them, you know, sorry, we think that this the the sort of the application layer monitoring and that kind of good stuff is it's kind of like the cherry on the cake. Right, right, um, right. But we haven't, we, haven't, we haven't baked the cake yet. So it would be nice, we bake, but yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. we've got to bake the cake first and get, right. the, you know, get the basics of underlay and overlay monitoring working mm. properly. And once we've got to that, then, then we'll start looking at uh, application layer and end user experience. Right. Um, so we're, we're, we're almost at the point of being, being ready to do that now. The, um, the, the, the rollout of the SD WAN migration is, is, is just a machine. The handle turns and, and a new mm -hmm. site pops out every day. I don't even right. necessarily pay attention to them all anymore because right. it just works. Right. Yeah. Um, hey, if the, it's working, the, the rollout. The, yeah. <laughs> absolutely. The rollout team are doing an awesome job. You know, we obviously had some hiccups in the early right. days, but now, right. now the machine just turns. Mm -hmm. um, so now we can turn our attention towards, um, you know, what could we do to tune this? Mm -hmm. um, and exactly. actually, you know, we, we we kind of we bought a um, you know if you like we 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 bought a car and we've just been driving it around in manual and make and using it to replace our old car mm. but now we want to turn on all the go faster and put it and through the, the self driving and yeah. all the rest yeah. of it yeah yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly yeah yeah it's, it's 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 what's funny about the monitoring process it always strikes me that mm. uh, that it has to work this way but it's like by the time you get to monitoring that's when you realize whether the underlay decisions you made were good or not. Right? So, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, so, if only you could do it in the other way. Right. You know? yeah, like, yeah. Well, that, uh, I mean, that was one, you know, yeah. one option that we, we, I remember talking to you about at one of the conferences about, you know, put the SD one in first and use right. it to monitor your existing right. underlay and find out whether it's any good. Mm -hmm. um, but we, we crossed that bridge by, you know, extensively quizzing our potential underlay providers mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. and getting some fairly tight SLAs out of them right. on right. expected performance and where where that expected where that performance has not been as good as expected then the SD-WAN's own monitoring of of underlay tells mm -hmm. us Mm -hmm. Right. You know, that right. information is there. It's on a nice screen and we can just look at that graph and go, oh, packet loss. Right. Um, right. Right. So yeah. we can we can use that really easily to make sure that our um, underlays and overlays are mm -hmm. performing properly yeah. and that's that's a tool that we didn't have before yeah you know before yeah. if there was a performance problem between two sites it would be just like ping it do you get a response yeah ping it a thousand it was, times do it, you lose one it, it, it wasn't any more sophisticated yeah. than that yeah
Yeah, well, and then because because with MPLS, it's 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 the carriers knock the, that's all that matters, and that's it's their problem, and you know, right? Yeah. So here, yeah. You can- oh, well, I remember when we ran a POC for uh, uh, SD WAN, and we ran it using existing MPLS links, mm-hmm. and it picked up a packet loss issue on one of them. Right. Interesting. So we yeah. so we sent so exactly so we sent this SD WAN packet loss graph to mm-hmm. the uh, MPLS provider yeah. and said there's a there's a problem here, and they wrote back to us and said. Literally, well, we pinged it and it responded. So, what are you complaining about? <laughs> <That's>, uh, <laughs> um, so, we, 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 yeah, we didn't take that one any further because, like, oh, it's just not worth the bother. But now we've got now we've got SLAs on packet loss and such right. with the um, uh, with the underlay providers. Then we can take those graphs to them and and, and we did this all at the RFP stage, saying mm-hmm. to them, look, we are going to be able to show you these underlay performances and we expect right. you to act on it. That's a, that's yeah. a, that's a crucial point, right? Is that, is yeah. that, you know, sort of, you know, when I'm mentioning, oh, the monitoring comes after you've already sort of, but if you, if you yeah. can focus in on that during the RFI RFP process and know what you need yeah. and, and specify that, I think that's, that's really the time to, to take care of that yeah. compared to post hoc, right? So. Yeah, exactly. So now, so now we're going through the exercise of saying, right, okay, we think underlay and overlay are good, mm-hmm. but if we've got some performance issues in one of the applications, whether it be Teams or the uh, the, the the recruitment application, and then let's make sure we've got the tooling to uh, to to see where that might be going wrong and work out what we need to do. Yeah, absolutely. All right, so th- this has been a great conversation. Even though I've talked to you about this before, I learned some new things about uh, about the uh, the network. So that's that's great. Um, and, and you mentioned kind of monitoring might be one of, of, of the next steps, um, you know, uh, given, given all, all that you've said, um, you know, uh, what, what would a couple of key takeaways you think um, be useful for, for anyone listening to this who maybe hasn't gone through this process, uh, things to look out for, things to make sure they do properly? Be, be an expert before you go to the market. Mm-hmm. Right. Don't Le- don't let learn, the marketing learn. people teach you. Don't 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 <laughs> let them teach you. You yeah. read it and learn it and understand it. Mm-hmm. Play with it. You know, build labs. There's plenty of virtual free labs right. available. Right. So when you're walking in the room with the with with the people who are selling to you, then you actually understand what what they're trying to sell you, and you mm-hmm. can say, mm, "Are you sure it's like that? I'm not thinking. I don't think it is." Yeah. Um, and be. Uh, certainly this is necessary in my situation. It may vary from to between organizations be really well informed about what you've currently got. Right. Because you know, it's mm-hmm. a classic problem in any network that's grown over time. There's, there's, there's all kinds of bits of networking corners that people have forgotten about or nobody quite knows how that works. And you know, we, 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 we're still finding things in the network now yeah. as we do go around the transformation. Um, uh, you know, we found a, uh, we we found a parallel network connection hiding hiding in the ceiling of one of our um, of, of offices the other the other day. <laughs> uh, it's like oh, oh, and the guy said, oh yeah, we we all use the Wi-Fi off that one. It's like well, that's yeah. not even ours. That's um, <laughs> so yeah. yeah, just audit, 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 audit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now those are those are really great points. Take it back to your your mm. sort of car analogy from before, right? Mm-hmm. That. You wouldn't. You don't want to walk onto the showroom floor and say, ah, "I need a new car." You want to have gone on the, on, you know, done your research, read all the reviews, Precisely. Know, know exactly the MPG you're after, how many seats, you know, yeah. What's, what grade of engine? Yeah, right. or you want something like a Tesla with its fancy uh, do everything screen, or right. do you want some things that you can tweak? Mm-hmm. Some SD WAN vendors that are much more like the Tesla screen, and some of that are more much like, yeah, there's a button for everything. Oh, uh, yes, yes. The vaunted single pane of glass, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
Excellent. Well, th this has been uh, really, really helpful. Yes. I, um, uh, I think we've we've uh, passed on a lot of great information. Thanks so much for joining us. Yeah, you know, um, we always like to end the show with something a little uh, on the on the fun side, and uh, for that, I'm still I'm still working through with everybody because we're we're not quite through this yet. What what are you most looking forward to uh, post vaccination once the world uh, gets back to normal? What have you been missing the most? Well, I, yeah, I've actually fortunately had both my vaccinations yeah, uh, just just yeah. recently. Although obviously that doesn't apply to the rest of the UK, so we're right. not, we're not fully right. out and about yet. Um, but I um, I play uh, the, the trombone in a number of ah, music cool. groups, so yeah. I'm I'm most looking forward to you know, like, uh, amateur live music getting back going. Professional stuff is is allowed now, but amateur right. isn't. It's still yeah, quite yeah, restricted. Yeah. Yeah, I, I too am an amateur musician and music fan. So, you know, haven't been to any kind of uh, concert or show for, for, gosh, almost like two years practically now. So, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, because yeah. I've got young kids. I know you do too, right? So it's already yeah, hard to carve out the yeah. time, right? So, yeah, yeah. yeah. Excellent. Right. All right. Well, thanks so much. And uh, and perhaps uh, we can do this again when uh, when you're through some of those next stages and see how things went. So when, when the SD-WAN is all rolled out, you know, so. Thanks, Greg. Excellent. Thanks. Thanks, for, thanks for the opportunity to, uh, to speak. It's very much appreciated. Thank you. Thanks very much for listening. The WAN Manager podcast is brought to you by Telegeography, a division of Crimetrica Incorporated, and is edited and produced by Jane Miller. I wrote the theme song you're listening to right now, and we get administrative canine support from my dog, Honeybun, who you might hear chiming in from time to time when the mood strikes her. If you want to learn more about our data, head over to telegeography.com where you can find our blog that covers many of the topics we hit here, and you can sign up for our WAN Manager newsletter. Until next time, have a great day. So guess what, folks? We got some big news at Telegeography, and that is that we just launched our WAN forum. What is a WAN forum? Well, this is a content hub and community for anyone involved in the management of a WAN or in IT infrastructure for mid to large enterprises. And it's got all the analysis and content that you enjoy from telegeography related to the WAN, uh, plus some extra videos, some interviews, and some uh, special tools that we've designed um, just uh, for inclusion here, like our SD-WAN vendor selector, um, a high-level WAN cost calculator to give you some ideas of what market prices are. Basically, if you like the kind of stuff that we talk about on this podcast, and you're an end user, we think that you'll enjoy the WAN forum. And of course, this is a space meant to be shared, which is why a WAN forum subscription includes access for up to 20 members of your team. So check it out by heading to WANforum.com. We'll be adding some new tools, constantly adding new analysis, and announcing some upcoming WAN forum events very soon. So you wanna make sure you bookmark that. That's WANforum.com. We can't wait to see you there and for you to dive in.